Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and good morning. Welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown with Sean Hackett. Sean, how you doing this morning? Pretty good, pretty good. Still watching this crazy wild weather we're having, as you know. Yeah, it's a, uh, so I got a news flash. The uh, summer called in with a snow day, and they're going to extend uh, summer one more day. That way we can have, actually have full, full-length full summer this year. We've had uh, we've had snow out here for the last two days, so it's, it's, uh, it's a very odd thing to have snow this late in May, probably anywhere. So it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's nuts. So. What do you see happening out there right now? I mean, we've talked about this a lot on here, whether it be the the, the solar cycles or, or whatever it is that, that's going on, but these weather patterns are, are at a at an all-time high for craziness right now. <clears throat> they are, and, and it is part of the, the larger solar cycle that we've talked about many times before. Uh, but, but right now, I mean, we're in this very active, stagnant uh, weather pattern, and... and um, it, it just it does not look like it's going to break. Um, uh, it, it doesn't look like it's going to break really anytime soon. I mean, we can get periods where we get a little less in certain areas, but but overall, you know, this wet pattern does appear like it's going to continue into into June, Casey, and um, it's going to continue to cause more and more problems. Especially the further we get into June, then soybeans become uh, more of a concern because everyone still feels well. If June's okay, we can get the Soybeans plan at least, and if the if uh, Trump you know puts a you know gives farmers a two dollar uh, payment, then then that will happen. But uh, but but it, that still may not happen because I'm not sure the weather's going to cooperate. So it's it's a mess. Yeah. Um, and so the market's still in this. How bad is bad, and how high do we have to go to factor it all in? And so we're in the midst of it. But I do not believe we've gotten to the end of how high prices need to go to correctly factor everything that's taking place. It's still a uh, it's still a uh, yeah. We're still in motion on this. So yeah. Well, you take a look at the markets right now, and you see what's happened. I mean, corn like yesterday closed at four ten. It's a little open, a little softer today. Um, in, in the morning session, as it gets ready to get started here, but um, so from four ten down from whatever it was four. 60 something or whatever we've had about a 50 or 60 cent run here in the last two weeks and with really no end in sight you know if you factor out the china stuff and the stuff that's there it's a uh, uh it's really kind of taken up uh, uh, the china things factored out now you don't have to worry about anything there it's as bad as it's going to get you can't get any worse type of thing we got the new uh usmca or whatever it's called now the new nafta deal <clears throat> That got pretty much right, uh, finalized, and and sounds like everybody's in agreement there. We can move forward with that. So there's some good things there, but long term, um, man, I tell you, it's going to be a struggle to keep to get to hit just in the in the I states, especially to hit the uh, the the crop insurance date. So what do you think? What are you seeing happening there, and how's that playing into what you see happening? I mean, we're running out of time. I mean, we're really running out of time. You know, especially for corn, we're really running out of time. 
and um, um, you know, we, we're just going to have pre-vamp plants all over the place. And I'm hearing it every day from customers that are just, you know, that's what's going to happen. And uh, uh, you know, when, when you're at 15, 20 percent planting rates, and you're supposed to be at 80 percent, uh, and you're looking at the calendar, and you're looking at the weather forecast for the next two weeks, it's just not going to happen, Casey. And 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 what one of the things that I think is being underappreciated is that the ground that has been planted. There's a, quite a few acres that are not that need to be replanted. Right. I think we got 50 percent of the crop in the ground, but we really don't actually because I don't know what the number is, but maybe you know 10 percent of it or 15 percent of it actually needs to be replanted, so it's not actually planted. <laughs> right. Um, and, and of course, what did get planted, the soil saturation levels in 85 percent of the grain belt today are at 99 percentile levels. So anything that did get planted that is coming out of the ground, when you plant in that kind of soil saturation levels, the yields are going to absolutely be compromised. We have to, we can argue how much, but it's, you know, there's no way you're producing a top end, high end yield with you know, planting in just sludge like right. that. So, yep. but you know, it's going to take time for the market to get tanner. There's a lot of old crop that farmers are desperate to move, and they're keeping this, you know, they're keeping the rally uh, contained right now because farmers are moving. A lot of grain just because they have to. Uh, but once that overhang, the market kind of gets worked out and farmers feel comfortable with what they've sold and free up storage and all that sort of thing, I really think we could enter an air pocket, you know, sometime in June, but, but we're still trying to eat through that farmer selling that keeps coming into the market. And I think, like the correction we saw yesterday to today, it's just overwhelmed. It's just some short-term farmer selling overwhelming the market a little bit. Right. <clears throat> yeah, so there's a... Uh You've watched soybeans here, and they've had a pretty good run here for the last last week and a half. And obviously, it's the it's corn that's out there that's that's driving that driving that boat. But if you're if you're looking at, if you're a farmer right now and you're looking at prevent plant versus prevent plant, and maybe then plant some soybeans on top of that prevent plant, or and how that whole insurance thing plays out. I don't know that you want to jump into soybeans. I mean, maybe maybe it's just me, but it seems like there's a ton of soybeans out there. There's going to be more with what's happening in Brazil right now. They're having record crops down there. I don't know. I guess what what's your take on soybeans? I mean, it's a demand problem. You know, the, the the African swine fever. Forget the tariff loss of demand. From you know, we have actual demand loss right. from African swine fever, and we just don't know how long is bean meal demand going to be down. How long is it going to take for them to rebuild their uh, their hog herd? Can they get their hands around the problem? I mean, if I'm a big uh, hog producer in China, and you know, do I really want to put, put all kinds of money in expanding my herd if 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 all of a sudden you know we're going to get after swine fever back, and I'm going to have to liquidate. You know, it's it's just so much uncertainty about it that you know, we could be looking at an extended period of reduced need or demand need for soybeans from China. So, so with, with that outlook, you know, I, I'm not sure I want to be a big planter of soybeans. Um, you know, unless, like I said, unless you're betting on a, a big government payment and you and you can get, you know, it's it's it's. it's I mean, you, you could pull it off, but I just would rather not be in a market where demand's permanently destroyed for a while and we don't know when it's coming back. Corn demand's fine. Corn demand's good. Corn demand's solid. And the, the balance sheets are going to get really, really tight. So, you know, I certainly favor corn and even wheat, but soybeans problematic. But, but I, you know, it's a bet that we wouldn't be making right now, you know? Yep. So speaking of wheat, you know, the wheat market has been getting kicked around here. 
and had a pretty decent run. But a lot of that again is weather related. So you've got at a certain stage in the in the growth of, of wheat, and you're getting a ton of water on top of it. I just talked to my folks back in uh, back in Wichita, and they've probably got. Um, I think my brother and he likes to exaggerate a little bit, but he said they've gotten about ten inches of rain, you know, and uh, over over the course of a week. And and I uh, I tend to believe because of what they're of what they what stuff looks like down there. It's just flooded crazy all over the place. The entire state's that way. Um, so talk about the wheat market where you see it headed. Yeah, well, remember, uh, rain is great. Moisture is great for winter wheat when it comes out of dormancy, but not now. <laughs> right. Yeah, not now. You, you do not want all kinds of rains at the tail end of development and when you're getting ready to get the harvesters rolling. That's not when you... It's actually the worst case for heavy, heavy rains. And, and, and the other issue is because it's been so much cool. I mean, it was 48 degrees and heavy rains and blowing winds last couple of days. I mean, you know, the crop, crop isn't finished out yet. I mean, still tr- we're still kind of behind on our development. Yeah. So not only do we not have it finished the crop out, but then we're putting on you know, five to seven, maybe in some instances, 10 inches of rain. Um, it, it's a real mess. And so, you know, yields are going to be severely compromised. Quality is going to be severely compromised. And the point we're trying to make is that that means that the, the you know, there's a certain quality that people expect from Kansas City wheat, um, and they're not going to get it. I mean, the percentage of Kansas City wheat coming out of Oklahoma and coming out of Kansas that's going to meet the, the, the protein levels that are needed or wanted by the buyer aren't going to be there. So we can we foresee a significant higher quality wheat demand shortage, especially with trouble going on with spring wheat um, in the northern tier states. Um, and, 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 and we always talk about there's a yin and a yang. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't buy a drop of rain. They've had the driest uh, nine months in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, ever. Yep. They've been reporting weather up there. So where we can't get rid of the rain, they can't buy a drop of rain. So the spring wheat crop in Canada is a, is is severely in question right now. So so when we put it all together, we think we could have an, an okay amount of low quality wheat. But we think we're going to have a real big problem the higher quality side, the KC wheat side, the uh, Minneapolis wheat, spring wheat side. And so that means that the price rise we've been seeing for the wheat overall is going to continue. And yes, there's a lot of crop for, uh, supplies now that's farmers are moving and, you know, and that's part of the yin and yang we're dealing with. But we can't, we just do not see that we're at the end of this wheat rally. We think we got much further to go. And any correction, that we see like today or, or that we saw like you know a few days ago we had a correction of wheat and then it came roaring right back. But the, 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 the rain, the weather forecast for um, the southern plains, you know, Oklahoma and, and, and Kansas looks just looks dreadful. Yeah. The next two weeks just dreadful. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a mess. So the, to talk about a mess, take a look at what's happening overseas right now and how that's affecting the oil market. You know, we, we're we are uh, doing some saber rattling here with uh, with Iran and and uh, they're pushing buttons all over the place in the Middle East and messing with the Saudis and their oil distribution centers and everything else. So uh, the uh, <clears throat> the West Texas uh, Intermediate uh, Index it had a pretty good has had a pretty decent run here the last two weeks for sure. Um, they've kind of bounced back and forth through the last couple of days. But, you know the Brent. Uh, sweet crude marketplace is done same as well so you know we're looking at what $63 West Texas oil you know 70 bucks up there 70 plus dollar Brent sweet crude so look at that and then start talking about how that play into um, 
that play that, that is going to play into ethanol demand as we look into uh, the summer. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, what, what it ultimately comes down to is, you know, consumers are going to want to, you know, buy gas that's cheap, cheaper than somebody else, and right. if you can put ethanol, but in there that's super cheap right now, as you know, and you can lower that price, and you can and you can get the your your buyer to buy from you gas. I mean, it's the, it's the competitive nature of of markets, and so there's nothing negative about that. Um, and, and so we, you know, we do see that the demand for ethanol over the summer, when we're, when we're doing a lot of driving, we're spending a lot of money on extra gas, you know, is, is a positive thing. Obviously, the corn price going higher, um, you know, can, can hurt margins if the ethanol price doesn't move. But ultimately, if we're getting stronger demand for ethanol domestically and the, the margins are compressing, then, then we'll eventually have to get the price to move higher, and that's going to be a good thing for everybody. So, so we do think we've, we've gotten away from the worst part of the ethanol crash or the ethanol crisis, whatever you want to call it. We think we're moving into a, a better place for demand and for overall, um, you know, margins, and that you know isn't going to be a bad thing for corn, which is which has been suffered from a little bit here over the last six months. Well, yeah. Okay. So, cattle market. Um, with what we've seen happen with the African swine fever and what's gone there with hogs since the announcement of the the lack of China in the U.S. trade talks, there's been a little bit of a, um, a struggle there a little bit, and they've kind of gone back and forth. So talk about the cattle market a little bit and what you see happening there. Well, especially hogs. I mean, hogs have been driven by, had an adrenaline rush by the fact that the Chinese were buying directly large quantities from the United States. And obviously, since this escalation of the trade war, uh, they canceled some orders, they pulled away from our market, and, and, and it doesn't mean that they, they can do that forever, but they can do it for a little while. And, and so the hog market's sitting here with large U.S. supplies saying, um, you, they're gonna buy again, right? Right? Everyone's looking around and saying they're gonna, and so it's, it's hard for the market to make headway when you know, we do need their demand to keep our Domestic supply and demand in, in, at bay, and so it's um, it's causing a lot of schizophrenic trading in the hog market. The uh, the cattle market, you know, just just had as we talked about last time, got caught in a in a mass speculator liquidation event. One good news is that on Friday the uh, the Japanese lowered tariffs on yep. U.S. beef, and that's something that we have been uh, wanting and working on. You know, Secretary Senator Perdue talked about that, and so that. You know, that, that them being a larger buyer of USB probably has put the low end of the cattle market and we're going to start to work higher. Um, but remember, they never were buying large quantities directly from the U.S. for cattle, for beef. Uh, it's always going to be these secondary buyers, the Ch Japanese, the South Koreans. We saw a couple weeks ago the South Koreans bought over half our exports. So we think that the demand side picture for cattle for exports are going to start to improve. Um, but what we lack that direct impact of they're buying directly from the United States. Um, but but it, will, it, will, it will take place. But the, the hog market, look, the only thing we know for sure uh, is that eventually the Chinese will have to buy from the U.S., but we do know that they can put it off for a little while. And so at this point, it means that the hog market is going to probably continue to trade pretty widely until we get a handle on when they're back in our market for good, you know? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So there's... Always a ton of stuff going on. <clears throat> Always a ton of stuff going on, man. So if, if folks want to reach out to you and ask you questions or, or just see what your opinion is on something, what's the best way to do that? Well, I think our website's always the best place. 
at Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. They can see free samples of webinars and videos and interviews and white papers that we've done to get a good idea of the kind of thing we do, our smart money indicator that we use for capital flows and markets and and uh, to see if that kind of work and that kind of analysis might be uh, helpful to them and to your listeners. Right on. Okay, buddy. Well, a couple things here. If you would like to have a first edition Moving Iron Podcast koozie and, and some pens, man, make sure you DM me out there on Twitter with your address, and I'll, I'll send you some out. Make sure you check out Damian Mason's new book, Do Business Better. Good books. Got a lot of good information in there. And hook up with the guys over there at Dryline Farmer Podcast, at Trader Brent, and at No no Twit Landon 44 over there on Twitter, and I bet you they'd send you some koozie as well. So, Sean, uh, Man, I sure hope you can turn those sunspots back on so it'll quit snowing here. And uh, and I think I think they announced today that that summer has a snow day, so they're going to be one more one more day of summer before school starts. <clears throat> but it's just crazy right now, absolutely nuts. So, Sean, take care of yourself, and we'll uh, talk to you again next week, bud. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity as always. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and GlobalAgNetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here